0: Emergency broadcast system. We are under attack by conventional forces of the Russian army. It is believed the lead waves were disguised as commercial charter flights. Communications have broken down with other parts of the country. Large areas of the Midwest may have been overrun.
1: They're
2: gonna kill us! Stop us! So why should we be different?
0: Because we live here! Not bad for a
3: bunch of kids, huh? Mama'd be real proud. Hey
2: everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan.
0: I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin.
2: And joining us from Nerf Herders Assemble... We have Joshua.
3: What's up? How's it going?
2: Pretty good. Uh, before we get into Red Dawn, which was a film that you picked, uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys do over at Nerf Herders Assemble.
3: Uh, well, we're just uh, we're just a movie, entertainment, TV, whatever, uh, podcast. Um, I met the guys over at Nerf Herders Assemble uh, at a con. I was selling my comics and my books, and they came up and interviewed me and then uh, had me on the show and we found out that we love the same type of nerd culture stuff and and uh, then I started guest starring on their podcast a little more and then became a regular and a couple years later I'm still doing it so uh, Seth and I are are uh, yeah we're like two peas in a pod we, we 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 like the same things we talk about a lot of the same things and then when we argue we really get into it so we're perfect <laughs> for a podcast
0: <laughs> love that
2: So uh, what was the last thing you guys talked about on your show? Uh,
3: Well, it's kind of been off and on lately for this month. We've, we've had some things come up. I had some computer problems. He had some, he does a lot of uh, other gigs on the side. So I think we talked about the first couple episodes of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. um, And, uh, and he was going to watch Invincible. Uh, We were going to have an episode on that this week, but then uh, things happened. So, uh, I think we're going to wait till next week and, and talk about the wrap-up for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um, what else is coming for Marvel, especially with that Shang-Chi trailer oh, that yeah. dropped yesterday. So Man. a lot of exciting things coming down the line there.
2: I'm not huge on like martial arts movies, but that trailer looked awesome, and I am pumped. Because <laughs> one of the films on the list that yeah. you gave us of options was The Raid 2, and I was like, I, I want to watch that, but I feel like closer to Shang-Chi, we'll get into that, so just to tie it in
3: <laughs> raid two is it's an amazing film it's 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 gotta be like the most violent uh well choreographed movie i've ever seen and uh yeah that trailer for shang chi was beautiful it was great and um you know and it wasn't ben kingsley as the man Mandal- uh the the mandarin so yeah. i almost said the mandalorian
2: oh. so. as long as it's not ben kingsley
3: neither, so. I'm, I'm good <laughs> yeah that's true
2: Mm-hmm. As much as like, I I get why everyone hates that twist in Iron Man three, I still I still love that movie. It's I think that's my favorite Iron Man movie. So, oh, I mean, wow. it's easy to love as an that's Iron big. Man movie though. Yeah, sure. I'm just a huge uh, uh, Shane Black fan. So, sure. but all right. Yeah. So uh, I put in the the chat uh, the link to your guys's YouTube channel, so you can click that if you're watching us on Twitch. If not, we'll tag him in the comments uh, on Facebook down below. Um, if Facebook will load for me. There we go. <laughs> um,
3: I heard you guys you guys just did a con like two weeks ago, right?
2: We did. We did the Main Street uh, Waynesboro Comic Con. Uh, nice. And we had a bunch of merch made up. And it was just me there, but we had friends of the show, Lou, and friends of the show, Angela, there. To uh, help me hand out stuff and cover the booth while i was doing panels and taking video and all that it was a lot of fun um hopefully people out there watching met us there if not uh they're doing it again in september so yeah it was a good time got to meet a lot of i had my
3: first my first con in a year and a half was this weekend the quad con came to omaha never been to omaha before and it was a cheap booth and I was like, I got to get back out there. I miss people. So yeah, yeah, it was fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's nice being able to, to be, see people do things a little bit more easily now. Like there's still social distancing masks and there will be for a while, but I, it's just nice being at a con and being able to see people cosplaying and just having fun, enjoying the stuff around them. It was my sister's first con. And she's like, this is kind of cool. Like, thanks for bringing me <laughs> to my first con. I think like, you're welcome. <laughs> let's do it again. Aww. That's cool. So, That's cool. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll be doing more of those in the near future. So if you missed us a few weeks ago, you'll be able to catch us then. But without further ado, let's get into Josh's pick for the, today, which is red Dawn. Josh, tell us a little bit about the film.
3: The red Dawn uh, is a 1984 classic uh, it um, it's it's basically about you know what would happen if, if World War III was started in the U.S. if if, if we were invaded in the heart of the U.S. Uh, by the Cubans, um, uh, the the Soviet Union, and the uh, I think the Nicaraguan uh, uh, armies, and um, you know uh, how would we react? How would the small town people in the middle of the country react? And and uh, just kind of played on the fears of the time and. And, um, you know, just the, the idea of guerrilla warfare, but, uh, on the American plane and, uh, yeah, ever since I saw it as a kid, I've just loved it so much.
2: (laughs) So when you, when we pick this for, from the list of films you gave us, we realized we had three different situations going on here. I have never (laughs) seen Red Dawn, Mm -hmm. either version. Devin, you have seen this version before, correct?
0: In social studies class in high school. Okay. Yep.
2: And Ryan, you've seen the Chris Hemsworth- Josh Mm -hmm. Peck remake. Yes. Okay.
3: I feel for you so much.
2: (laughs) So, Devin.
1: We're going to have a lot of talk about. So, Devin,
2: (laughs) what was it it like watching this in high school, in class?
0: Oh, it was (laughs) the best. I mean, it it was always awesome watching a movie in in class because I was never one that, like, loved social studies. And this movie just made it so much better because it came out of nowhere. I'd never heard of this movie. No one's ever like told me about it. But like the whole time, I was like, Patrick Swayze's not dancing in this. He's actually <laughs> awesome. Like it was such like a treat. And we watched it over like four days because it's like way too long for a social studies class. And it was the best.
3: <laughs> it wasn't. That's not the first time I saw it, but we watched it in social studies as well. And we watched Attica. <laughs> We watched Gattaca and Science, and we watched something. Oh, yeah, I loved experiencing movies in, in school. That was, like, the best part of school. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: We watched Gattaca in English class. Like, I don't know why. What? It, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it tied into one of the <laughs> no short sense. stories we read. It made no sense. I remember in, in <laughs> social studies freshman year, they had us watch The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Yep, but it yep. Was watch like, that one, too. The way they got away with it was they taped it off of TBS, the Superstation. So it was all censored and they could show it in a classroom to a bunch oh. of 13 year olds.
3: You didn't um, do the cool like parents sli- uh, rated R film uh, no. parent slip?
2: No, they did not. Um, <laughs> there, there was a <laughs> uh, I did take a music and film class in high school. And the one day we had a sub, they had to show us clips of different movies. I feel like I've mm-hmm. told this story before, but it's quick. Uh, they So they were like changing out the DVDs and putting in like a scene from Superman uh, scene from Saturday Night Fever, but with the Saturday Night Fever scene, they didn't uh, realize that they had to cover up the screen for the next scene, which was just like, like <laughs> oh no, top n- topless noodle- nudity. So <laughs> a bunch of like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so go back, go back,
0: yeah. yeah. And that's the what? story of Alan's sexual awakening.
2: Yes. <laughs> so more about Patrick Swayze now. <laughs> all right so ryan since you've only seen the remake what did you know about this version of the uh of red dawn
1: uh uh just the premise of what the remake was based off of
2: okay Uh, like
1: I'd seen it in, you know, like Blockbuster or like 48 hours and places like that, but I'd never seen it. So, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: Is this the one movie from the 80s you hadn't seen?
1: Probably. In all honesty, probably.
0: If it makes you feel better, Romana walked past while I was watching it. She goes, Ryan picked this, didn't he? And I'm like, (laughs) no, he didn't. (laughs) That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
3: I hope yeah. you guys can hear Ryan. I can't hear him. I can see his like square lighting up, but uh, I can't oh, hear really him on my side. I can see your reactions to hearing yeah. him. So hopefully, everybody else. Can. <laughs> I had
1: to. <laughs> I had to go from my mobile data to the Wi-Fi <clears> throat> at
2: throat> one
1: point. So I think that might have been had something to do with it.
2: Yeah, that Devin, you can hear him fine, right? I can. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. That, well, that that sucks. So I guess we'll just be the middleman for Ryan until hopefully discord fixes itself could he just throw really in like, different continue. reactions yeah. to
3: the light up. it'd be like
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 just make it up as we go along
2: so josh what 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 do you like about this film what what made you be like okay i want to have these guys watch this
3: oh you know what i i I'm, I'm sure a big chunk of it is just nostalgia but uh before i was old enough to go to blockbuster and get my old films I had to rely on the VHS library of recorded stuff from TV that I had at home uh, and my grandpa had. So, you know, um, we had we had um, Empire Strikes Back, we had The Last Starfighter, we had Red Dawn, and we had a couple other timely classics recorded from late night on the Fox channel or whatever it was. So, um I just, you know, those were the ones that I'd watched time and time and time again. And um, Red Dawn was just like, you know, it was just something I was I was growing up watching. It was, you know, it was it was the idea that, um, you know, these these kids could band together and, and face, uh, you know, the odds and um, live in the countryside and avenge their their family. It was just it was just all like the right chemistry for me as a, as a kid growing up. I loved action films. I love justice. And, uh, and, um, and yeah, it was just like the right, right feel for, for a film. And it, and and then it was also like a, the the commentary was there and it was a, it was a longer drawn out film, you know, the seasons that changed throughout the film and it took its time and it was just different from a, you know, it, it felt like a different film to me than, um, you know missing missing in action or or the rambo films or something it was it was it felt more grounded and uh, i just related to it that much more as a young kid
2: yeah it's a very simple film there's not much uh there's not much fancy stuff going on there's not any uh, Mm -hmm. like special effects besides like practical explosions Uh, The lighting is all natural for the most part. Like when they're outside, you Mm -hmm. can actually see the clouds covering the sun because the scenes get dark and the Mm -hmm. camera adjusts. Um, So it's like very, um, very practical in that sense. And I really enjoyed that. It's a very uh, bare bones film, I guess, is what I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say.
0: Well, Um, I think that might be to its service, though, because that helps you watch the characters grow. And it really kind of puts them at the forefront of all of it yeah when yeah. cool.
3: it felt separate i mean it was shown from their their perspective you weren't getting mm-hmm. these uh you know switch to a scene where you see everything from the the army side or or the the war right. in the ocean or or things on the news you know it was very contained mm-hmm. they were separated and cut off from the world and you felt the same so yeah. you only got to see what was going on when they got to see it and and that was just so different to me as a kid uh, watching that. And I, it is very bare bones, but I think, yeah, I, I think it does it to that service. That was the point, you know, isolation.
2: Mm-hmm. The The weirdest, the weirdest yeah. thing about this movie is it does cut away to like the general in the town a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I found that off putting because you do like you're focused on this group of kids, but then you have this other story that, it seems like it's going somewhere, and then it eventually does, but it's just kind of like, why? Why do I care about this guy? Like, is I know he's the bad guy, but it just felt it felt off with the way they were telling the story.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, from uh, from I did cut kind of back. From...
3: To... Oh, I'm sorry, that's probably <laughs> no, my okay. bad.
1: Uh, it's okay. Uh, from my point of view, watching his character, um, I was actually waiting for that because they established that he was Cuban. Mm -hmm. and 1984 uh the general audience would know about the cuban revolution and where that guy came from so Mm -hmm. when he started talking about how like i used to be the rebel i used to be the resistance and now i'm the one i fought against i was waiting for that statement to happen and when it did i was like yep i'm all behind this guy i don't know where he's going but i really want to see his arc yeah and so it was like as soon as they established that he was Cuban and they show his like facial expressions. Occasionally I was like, Oh, I really hope this guy turns.
2: Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'm not brushed up on my Cuban history and didn't really realize about the Cuban revolution. So. I
0: mean, it's not something that I thought about, but it definitely added a level of depth to their character or to his character that did make me want to see like what you said, made me want to see more of him and more of where his story was going.
2: Yeah. I think also full dis uh, full full disclosure. I think it was late at night and I didn't feel like reading subtitles. <laughs> so reading. Um, oh,
3: come now, come on! I
2: know it was just. The, <laughs> I I read them, so they
3: Now we know why you wanted to, you didn't want to watch the raid two is because of the subtitles.
0: Subtitles.
2: Hey, I made them watch Parasite, so.
0: Okay, all right. That's his penance. <laughs>
2: yeah, all right. So, um, I'm trying to think where we can go from here. Um, well, I
0: I want to know just off the bat, Alan and Ryan, what did you guys think of the movie? Right. Like to- just just like bare bones opinion here, like bare bones opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the remake better. No I like way,
3: the better. I do. Um,
1: Wh- now, what
0: did he say? I'll,
3: he liked the remake
1: I'll, better.
0: I'll, yeah. yeah, yeah. I now, gotta go, yeah, the... going gonna, <laughs>
3: gonna check out of here.
1: Now, now here. Once, once I explain this later in the episode, you guys will <laughs> understand why. Okay? okay, because it's not that I feel that the original is a bad movie. I liked it. It's just I like what they did with the characters. And the story in the second one compared to what they did to to the first one, they're both good equally, mm-hmm. as far as I'm uh, um, as far as I'm concerned. I would definitely recommend both of these movies to people, not just mm-hmm. one of them, okay. n- 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 not just one over the other.
2: All right, so you recommend them both, but you'll get into details about why you like the the remake later. Just catching John. Yeah, because I mean,
1: I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's like, because it, it, the thing is, it's like I said, I like them both equally. Yeah, I, I like the guerrilla filming style yeah. of the first one and how okay. gritty and almost Cold War propaganda-ish the, the first one is, which is amazing. Um, but the story kind of is better in the second one. But
0: okay, okay I'm done. <laughs> okay. It's more about story in the second one for you then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I enjoyed this. I want to see more of this world. Like I do, like I I'm kind of intrigued by the remake. If it does go into more of the the story of things outside of the world, like outside of this group. Um, I guess the whole idea of world war three kind of fascinates me. Not when it's like real, but in the movies, like, yes, please give it to me. <laughs> um, but no, I really enjoyed it. I like seeing Patrick Swayze. Like this is young. This is like one of the first things he did. Right. I
0: think so. She's definitely young, yeah. young, yeah.
3: Swayze, young Charlie Sheen, yeah, young everybody. Baby Thomas Charlie Howell,
0: Sheen. yeah,
2: yeah. Charlie Sheen, the girl from um, Dirty Dancing, yeah, Charlie Sheen before the Tiger Blood, um, right. pro- <laughs> probably still on drugs though. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, no, I really enjoyed Star
1: from Mars. Yeah,
2: I really enjoyed it. It's um. Mm. It, it does feel a little Cold War propaganda e to me, um, and I'm not from that era. Like I just, I'm a '90s baby, so I I just got out of like I just missed all of that. Um, but I still enjoy it. It it it's like a little time capsule of the world we live in. <laughs> I think the weirdest part for me was just how they explained the world that they live in with uh all like the the subtitles at the beginning with everything that's going on in the world. It's like, yeah. we're not going to mm-hmm. show you any of this. We're just going to tell you what's going on and then get right into, <laughs> right into a uh, history class. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, well, well, for, for, takes, yeah.
3: I was going to say, well, I mean, back then, you know, that was, that was all the setup you needed. Yeah. You know, that was mm-hmm. people, people were, were at, at the time, it was very believable that this is something that could happen, you know? Yeah. And, and I thought, and it wasn't, it wasn't a stretch and, that's what I like. We've seen so many world war three or brink of world war three type films. And it's always on a massive global level. And the fact that this was just a very contained story and how, what would it look like for a, a town on military soil to be cut off from the rest of the country and, and deal with it. Um, that that's what I appreciated. It was very much a box film and it didn't need to be more than that. Yeah. And, um, and you gotta see you, you were talking about the villains earlier. The the you gotta see the villains on the American side as well. You know, like uh the mayor of the town was um mm-hmm. Coach Jack from the Mighty Ducks, and he was <laughs> a villain in there too. Like I don't know if he's ever not played a villain, but he plays the perfect, like skeevy guy. You know, he was yeah, he was like the he was terrible in Mighty Ducks and he was terrible in this film. And uh, you know, I just always thought that was an interesting concept of who would turn on who and, and um, you know, elitism and everything, but in the midst of being, uh, you know, uh, prisoners of a war type thing.
0: Well, I even liked how they showed just how the invasion even started. I mean, this happened maybe what, five minutes into the movie, which like, good job movie. Like, cause okay. they were like, all right, look, you're here to see world war three. It's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> and like, it was kind of creepy like i don't remember it being that unsettling to just like see paratroopers dropping down outside of a classroom like when i was a kid but like watching it as an adult i was like yeah that would scare me shitless well because
1: now you understand right as an adult you've seen enough that you understand the significance of like going outside looking up in the sky and be like yeah you see you know you see a skydiver or two and it's nothing. But you've seen enough war movies that when you look up in modern time and you go, I can't see a cloud. Those are all paratroopers. Yeah. And it's just that shock. And yeah, that's what I feel like this movie is better for
0: adults than it is kids because it kind of hits you more. Well, and speaking of like things that hit us more as adults, like when I watched this movie in high school, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun war movie. Like, this time (laughs) watching around, I was like, things get really brutal and very awkwardly, like, not realistic, but realistic in this movie. And, like, I wasn't ready for it at seven in the morning this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: it started off with uh, the history teacher talking about, you know, Genghis Khan and, and, you know, coming in and. Um, you know slowly but surely just destroying everything in its path and that was kind of like the the theme for the movie that you know slowly but surely the the enemy was just closing in on this group that was hiding out in the mountains and you know uh you just the 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 longer it went the more you felt that dread and then the last maybe third of the movie was just like gosh you know how much longer are they going to survive this
0: yeah, um, which I really
3: appreciated. It was it wasn't normal for me when I when I first saw this to feel such a dread and despair by the end of it because it you know they you know the there's no uh, there's a couple people that survive at the end but that was that was kind of it you know mm-hmm. it wasn't like this big roaring uh, you know John Rambo saves the POWs and <laughs> kicks in the politician's door you know and America <laughs> you know it wasn't that you know so. Um, I I really appreciated the bleakness of the film for sure.
2: The, the one thing that I was confused by in the film explained later was, so we're we're in the Midwest of America. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that the the Russians are invading the middle of the country? I was so confused by that. Like, <laughs> you got the co- you got the two coastlines. Uh, That Russia could come from, but we're going to get the middle. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't understand how that's possible. And then they explain it to me. I'm like, oh, okay, that actually makes sense. Um, They
3: list Omaha. Omaha used to be, uh, I'm from Omaha, if I didn't say that already. Omaha used to be always listed on, man, if we were nuked first, because SAC is in Omaha and SAC used to be uh, like, you know, a, a possible base of operations. So, you, you know Omaha used to be in the top three most likely to get hit and so huh. um wow. the idea that they would that they would come in yeah and you know hold the hold the middle and then then go out from there it was an interesting concept but yeah they yeah. do explain it a little bit whether or not yeah. that's actually feasible I don't know but the idea that the Nicaraguans and and the Cubans came up from the bottom and then the the Russians came down from top um yeah I thought that was that was intriguing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's always fun as you're growing up and learning that the places you've you've lived in the past mm-hmm. were either on the first round or second round of like uh, civilian sites to be nuked in a third uh, um, in a war. Because I've lived in uh, St. Saint, uh, Saint Louis in mm-hmm. the in the 60s, 50s and 70s was a major city. So that was on the round of, like, the first civilian sites to be nuked by the Russians. And and this is all stuff that was leaked or, you know, came out after the wall fell. And then my parents decided to move us to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And because of the steel mill, that was on the number one list of civilian sites to get nuked.
2: So it was always
1: fun living in towns where it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I could be, uh, I could have been vaporized twice.
2: (laughs) Devin, how about you? you ever live in any place that was close to being nuked?
0: I. Freaking whenever like tensions with North Korea started rising, like everybody I knew in L.A. was like, we're first. We're first on the list. And like, I don't know if we were Uh, first on the list, but like everyone in L.A. was like, of course, we'd be first. They'd want to bomb Beverly Hills first.
2: No, he'd want to go after James Franco and Seth Rogen for that movie. Right. And that's
0: (laughs) where they live.
3: (laughs) That amazing film. Yes.
0: It is. He wouldn't want to go after Hollywood. Be well, if guy's that's movie what uh, Ryan was yeah.
3: talking about, I I was in South Korea uh, when oh, wow. uh, North Korea launched one of their their first you know big missiles into the ocean, and uh, oh. um the base went on lockdown, and everybody was like, "What the hell is going on?" But they didn't tell us, you know, like everybody. We we learned with the news in the morning when we got you know a, a broadcast from the states, but. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, everything just went on lockdown. We had chem suits on and everything. And oh my gosh! They wow. were just gaming up. So uh, yeah, that was intense for sure.
2: That's crazy. Um, for me, it's just been mm-hmm. like living uh, 45 minutes away from Three Mile Island. So more of a Chernobyl oh. type situation for me than nuclear bombs coming in. Uh, <laughs> equally <laughs> not great though. Oh yeah yeah after watching the chernobyl miniseries do do not want any part of that either so gosh no. that, was,
3: that was a brutal series it was. It was you know slow. i think i think there is a, a a um plot hole in this uh in this film though because sarah palin said that she could see russia from her backyard so <laughs> if alaska should have warned us that the russians were coming they should have known you know should have never gotten down in the
2: Should have. Um... And, and what was Canada doing? Canada is just like eating Tim Hortons They let him brew, yeah. yeah. On Canada, we I mean, used to be friends. It, it, it's the polite thing to do. Like, can, they probably said, can hey, we is, please pass yeah. through? And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Canada is good for yeah.
1: commandos. I, I don't right. think their general army is going to be able to hold back the Russians. Their commandos, maybe, but not, you know, not the whole their army. general armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Devin, how about you? Any uh plot holes that you saw in this
0: plot holes, jeez. Um No, no, I think probably the only the only like silly thing I could ever point out about the movie was the dad just no chill at all, just avenge me. Like, I they could have made that subtext, they could have had a conversation afterwards, like we're doing it for dad. But no, dad had to scream it at the top of his lungs with, like, a bit of blood coming down his nose for special effect. Like, okay, tone it down a little bit. We get it. Um, But honestly, that line, like, shouting at my sons to avenge me, I think is, like, a life goal now.
1: On I would love that moment. In a Soviet re-education camp.
0: In a Soviet re-education camp? I, was... <laughs> re-education okay. camp? I mean, maybe not that should have
1: right. been shot. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, he's yelling that at the top of his lungs. Yeah. He would have been shot, and they would have been pulled off to the side.
0: I mean, it's a good point. Like, that yeah. wasn't a smart place that for him to yell the... at. Exactly. That, that would have been first. the realism. He the whole... Right. He could have, like, looked around a bit. Like, where the guards are out. Like, like, Ryan said, like, he probably would have been shot for doing that in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was later. Yeah. I mean, not too oh, much later. Oh, definitely later, yeah. Later, yeah. yeah. Uh, chat had a good point in a, on Facebook. They said that they think that Canada was conquered already, and that Ama- uh, America was like the last one, and that's why like uh, the Soviets like were able to push through Canada.
1: They could have gone over the North Pole to get into Canada before they would even get near Alaska, and especially if they're cutting off communication as they're going, that's definitely yeah. possible. Well,
2: then that brings the question: What the hell is Santa doing? <laughs>
1: He's, he's a much He's a commie. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Santa's a
1: commie. I'm sorry. Santa's a commie. Santa, a... The... <laughs> okay, so, so, yeah, uh, mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine. I mean, uh, a lot of pots did did get shot, so they did get a lot of holes.
0: Oh, oh my. Oh. Yes, you Ryan. have to relay that to him.
2: <laughs> Ryan says. There, a lot of pots <laughs> got shot, so there were a lot of holes.
0: Those were his plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's very
2: honestly. I
0: have
1: no plot holes for this okay. movie. Yeah. All right. I like like I do. I do like it. So. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why.
2: What do you guys have a favorite moment in this movie?
0: Yes. All right. Do you want to go first? <laughs>
3: Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I, um, well, I already talked about how I loved the, the passage of time in this film. I think, yeah. I think the every time they, sh- every time they showed like the month, it was just that much more somber, you know, like you, mm-hmm. um, you were hoping that this would be something quick, something, but it just dragged, dragged on. Um, I really loved when the mayor's son got caught. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, we were already coming off, losing the colonel to the to the uh the the tank battle thing but then they just they just started hunting you know that russian came in and said how do you hunt a fox you be a fox and so they mm-hmm. captured that, that mayor's kid which had you no know, he'd become part of the group and then they you know they almost caught him by surprise thankfully they didn't they almost caught him by the surprise and then it was just downhill from there and you saw the the uh, the pain in the group that this was the first time that they'd been betrayed from within, and um, you know Swayze was trying to be the alpha, and even he was having issues with it. And um, you know his brother didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then C. Thomas Howell is like just the cold, the cold killer of the group, and does what needs to be done. And I was, you know, it's a PG thirteen movie, so don't show as much as they could, but you got the sense that that kid went through hell um, and he was ashamed. And, uh, but it was the downfall of the group. And then after that, it was just how long till they all die, you know? And I thought that was a big bleak moment in the film. And it always hits me because you can just hear the pain and their voices and and the decisions they know they have to make.
0: Well, I think that was my favorite part too, because this is the second time I'd seen it. I know what happens in the movie But even so, that scene is tense, like, because, like, you could tell Patrick Swayze's really struggling with it. You can, like, it just, it's so well acted and the emotions are portrayed so well. And it's even well shot, like, and and like Alan said, you can see, like, the clouds going over them and changing the filter on the camera. And it just, for some reason, it just really works there and, like, adds to the tension of the scene.
1: Okay. Okay. So, you wanna go around? Uh, honestly, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh honestly mine is when the down pilot uh is at the um is around them uh at like the fire, at the campfire. Yeah. Um and he stands up behind like their like killer and he sees the like markings in the uh um in the butt of the, the gun pretty much. And oh, yeah. he says, Hey man, you know, that'll you know that'll uh heat uh that'll eat eat you up inside or something like that and then he said you know like it keeps me warm and then another kid says about you know so how are we doing and he just walks off because you can tell that like he's thankful that they pretty much saved him but at the same time he's like these kids are screwed in the head because of what's going on like you can just tell that he's upset for them and they don't see that
2: yeah it gave me a little bit of order the fly vibes yeah because like their whole group mentality kind of changes as they go on and are living in the mountains and like the one does become a little bit too happy to kill um well and that's why
0: i think the introduction of the soldier character is so important because he does do do a good job of like checking them against themselves and being like okay look i'm a part of the military this is you know a normal mentality for somebody who's been trained for something like this Oh no, you guys have taken this a bit too far. And like, let me kind of compare you to something. And I thought that yeah. was a really effective tool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. For me, I liked how quickly the film got into the action because it's very abrupt. Like, you see the, the guys coming down outside the window, and then mm-hmm. it's just into it for the next 15 minutes. You're going nonstop from the school to the convenience store up into the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. I just really like that quick transition, and then it's like, okay, now let's take a take a breather, and then it gets into the story, and it it's like all pretty much slow pace from then on out.
0: Um,
2: mm-hmm. uh, and and it takes its time with the story. Uh, I really like that opening with the chase scene, and like them all just like jumping <laughs> in and out of the truck as they go, and like piss on the radiator.
0: Um, <laughs> so. Hold on, does that work? Does it, like, as as a, a dumb car guy, like, does it actually work? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah? It's liquid. Oh, it's, it's just, like, it's any, water, any old liquid, yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: Devin, I mean... I'm sure not any old living, liquid, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Devin, like, where you were living in L.A., you can use yeah. water. You can use distilled water. It's fine. Weird. Just as long as it doesn't get below the freezing temperature. Okay, as long Water's as perfectly freezing. fine. You have to use antifreeze up here in Pennsylvania because you'll kill your engine if you use water
0: makes sense though yeah. that's news to me i'm glad i knew that learned that
2: all right so what else do we want to talk about with red dawn
3: well i, I think you have to talk about the score the you know the 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 music for this film <laughs> uh it's it's just as much uh, it, it, it makes it the propaganda film that it is uh, I mean, uh, the guy's name is Basil something, Pais- Basil pedorus Padouris. But mm-hmm. I mean, he is, uh, he scored Robocop, he scored uh, uh, Starship Troopers. You know, this isn't his only oh, wow. kind of propaganda type film. And it, I mean, especially when I, I rewatched this last night and I'm like, and I, I didn't know this up front, but I'm like, man, this reminds me so much of the uh, just the theme of RoboCop, you know, it's got like it's just got that feel to it. And then when I looked it up, it made so much sense that he did that. Um, it it just has the, you know, it has that uh, that groove to it. And I think that was that that music makes it that much more a propaganda film. And you know, I I know that's what it is, but I don't care. Like, yeah. like it's just <laughs> it, it is definitely a pro America uh film yeah. but um uh yeah I thought that music was always a big part of it.
2: No now that you now that like, we've made the RoboCop connection I can definitely hear it in that cuz yeah. cuz mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. you Josh I am a, a movie score guy and that 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 does click now. I have to go back and re-listen to the score to this but I can definitely tell the the similarities there. Yeah,
3: yeah. If you were to tell me that the guy that scored Free Willy did this film I would have been like uh no that doesn't make any <laughs> sense which he did. Uh, he also did Free Willy and Free Willy too, but if you were to tell me Starship Troopers and RoboCop, I would say, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, yep. Well,
1: I mean, about the uh, about the propaganda part of this movie, like one of mm-hmm. one of one of the things that I like about watching uh, like war movies from the 70s and 80s is I have a scale of is this Cold War propaganda or is this just a war movie, and uh-huh. this. On a scale from one to 10, this is like a 15 um, <laughs> because this feeds into like this feeds into um, like every single person that I've ever known who is like a huge and this is I'm um, this is not negative. Every person that I know who has been like a huge Second Amendment person, NRA, like when they talk about, you know, like being able to fight back and, you know, needing it in case something were to happen. This is mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Um And because like the way that the dad was acting, the way that the shop owner was acting, how accessible firearms were, and then they do the giant scare where the cuban guys like oh go to the local store and pick up the 4472 forms yep. or, I saw, or yeah. whatever they're called yeah. and then that gets into the whole like oh the government shouldn't be doing background checks because if we get invaded the enemy is going to know what they are like yeah. i had never seen this <laughs> movie before and there was so much that my grandfather had almost parroted like almost like a parrot repeated from this movie i doubt he i doubt that he'd ever seen it but the mindset and the culture is there. And I feel like this movie is just wrapped around it.
2: So pretty much Ryan just said this is the, on a scale of 1 to 10 for propaganda films of the 80s. This is a 15. <laughs> and he talked a little bit about I was.
3: I, I pulled up Facebook. So okay. I'm hearing him in like like a minute, <laughs> a minute okay. late. Oh, cool. And I was like, okay. he's going on for a while. So I got to hear okay. it. So he, okay. he talked about that. 2a and the way that the parents were talking and then when they pulled Mm -hmm. the form and everything it made sense i i definitely saw that when i was like oh yeah that's what and i'm not a huge 2a guy i mean i i own a gun and everything and i was in the military (laughs) and uh but yeah i mean i could definitely see how this is like happening red dawn guys it's gonna happen in real life you know it's it's the mantra on someone's wall that you know (laughs)
1: um yeah (laughs)
3: <laughs> but I mean at the same time you know I I felt like it was at the time it was very realistic you know like it, oh. it felt it yeah. felt grounded and when you look at this the state of the nation back then it felt like you know that that could happen so you know?
1: yeah and that um and that's where I actually really really like this movie even though I do consider it like that 15 uh, uh yeah on the scale is the fact that for that time in the mid eighties, like this is what people like, this was their biggest fear at the time. This was our biggest fear as a nation that we'd get invaded. Um, So it works. It's just look, looking at it 30, 40 years later, there's a lot of stuff that's very blatant in this. That just doesn't, you know, like it's, it's easier to see in hindsight than it Mm -hmm. was then. Um, But yeah, back then for like the national fears, this, this is a home
0: run. Yeah. So, I mean, even like literally historically speaking, the summer of 84 was the LA Olympics and Russia boycotted the Olympics because of the tensions. So like, this was crazy. Like this was topical.
2: No, I I talked a little bit earlier about being a nineties baby and not really Mm -hmm. seeing much cold war, cold war, uh, after effects. Like I didn't really know about how serious the tensions were growing up. Like it was mm-hmm. only like watching movies and documentaries, like learning about the times. I was like, "Oh wow, we got really close to this." I didn't know anything about the Cold War growing up. Did you guys mm-hmm. have anything in your lives growing up that like people like grandparents doing stuff yes. like Ryan was saying? Because I I didn't had Rocky, any of that. Four. <laughs> Rocky
3: Four, Rocky had, Four,
2: Rocky Four.
3: You had Red Dawn in nineteen eighty four, and then you had Rocky Four in nineteen eighty five. That was that was my Cold War life right there. Okay. <laughs> Again, that's uh, that's eighties.
0: Uh, so. Yeah,
2: Devin, I, how about
0: uh, you? Did I have Cold War anything? No, I I don't think I did. I mean, I think my grandma like just generally like distrusted Russians, and I wasn't sure where that ever came I from. I think
2: your grandma, if it's the one I'm thinking of, <laughs> it is. just didn't. She just distrusted everyone. Everyone, so yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she thought I was a communist. So <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs>
0: Did you do anything, Um, Ryan?
1: Yeah, uh, my elementary school in Alton, uh, we did air raid drills. Oh, wow. Yeah, my elementary
0: school, like 1990,
1: 1989, we were still doing air raid drills. Um, And my grandfather, uh, who was a proponent of black helicopters coming out of Colorado, um, he used... uh, uh, quasi mccarthy uh political logic on a lot of stuff
0: oh no (laughs) oh wow oh no
1: yeah so even so i mean like even after the cold war was officially over and done with and russia was our friend for about 10 years (laughs) um yeah like the cold war was prevalent in my family as a as a topic of conversation for a very long time
0: i bet yeah oh man so I don't know if this is too early to get into it, but I really want to talk about the sequel because I've heard remake. different sequel? things. the the, pre, the remake. Thank uh, you. Because <laughs> I I've heard different things about it. I've been recommended it by some people. I've been told never go near it by other people. <laughs> uh, and I you, I love me some Chris Hemsworth, right? I'll watch you know Thor Ragnarok all day every day. Like, what do you guys who've seen it like? What do you think? And, like, I'm, you know, just curious.
3: I'm really curious to hear Ryan's defense of this film. But I I, uh, I was stoked. I mean, this was, a, you know, again, it was a film that I grew up on. Um, and so when I heard they were remaking it, um, I thought, okay, here we go. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it got – there was some delays because of mm-hmm. GM was going through some stuff. Um, and then I believe there was, like, further delays because they decided to – change um the villains from think china to north korea like uh, so they had wow. to there was something about they digitally went in and changed the flags and everything um wow. uh, so yeah. that, and then uh yeah something about that I, I i know it's a deeper story than that but so there was hmm. all that uh, subtext heading up to the film then the film finally released and you know i'm all about some dumb action and i you know i like me some hemsworth and um josh peck and and it it was a decent cast but i felt like it was half a film oh like you know the 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 1984 was a slow crawl and maybe that's just me i do like a slow crawl but i felt like it was a complete film you know we we saw this group from the beginning to the end to the death of many of them and to the you know to where the other two went and sure the whole war wasn't wrapped up by the end of the film but you saw Mm -hmm. in my mind a full realization of the story of the Wolverines of this group right whereas if I remember correctly the the remake uh, stops like halfway through like you got some they they definitely up the ante with some with the action but then like it's just this hoorah moment and they storm one of the camps and then that's it like it just ends there and i was like i don't know if they were planning on making a sequel or something like that but i just didn't i felt like the the characters were more surface level they had mm-hmm. less depth not to say that it was, you know, the characters in the original were that deep, but you felt like you grew with them a little bit over the passage of time. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't f- I felt like the remake was just surface level with some modern action set pieces. And then like they forgot to make a complete movie. So I th- I think I heard one of you say that Ryan believes that it, it has a better story. I thought it had a lacking story or or oh. half a story. In my mind.
2: Now, now, Ryan, when you said it had more story, did you mean it goes into more of, like, the stuff outside of the town? Like, more of the overall no. stuff? Uh,
1: so, there are parts of the first one that when I was watching, I was like, oh, cool, this is going to happen. It doesn't. Like, oh, oh. that's a weird dynamic between these two characters. And, you
3: know,
1: all of, you know, and different things. And it, I'm thinking it has to do because I saw the remake first. Sure. But... I like the dynamic between the brothers in the second one better than the mm-hmm. dynamic in the with 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 the brothers in the first one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the dynamic with the brothers in the second one, there's tension because the mom died, and then Chris Hemsworth character goes off and becomes a marine for six years, and then comes back, mm-hmm. and then that night is when the North Koreans attack. Um, so there's tension between the brothers so they have to like heal their relationship so that they can you know trust each other during the fighting mm-hmm. um the commandos that they mention that you know that the wolverines are going to get you know later in the uh, um in the movie and then they're like well you know springs a long way away well instead of coming across a downed pilot they come across three commandos that are looking for them because they've heard about the wolverines and they're trying to get intel And so they link up. So they actually work with the commandos. Um, They deal a little bit with, uh, they probably spend as much time with the villains as they do in the first one. Um, Mm -hmm. I just like the dynamic of the overall villains in the second Mm -hmm. one more than I do the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, simply because I, because for a long time and some, from some members of my family wouldn't stop talking about the cold war, I'm sick of Russians. And so it was kind of a breath of fresh air for it not to be Russians.
0: Sure. So there's that too. It, it came at this time though, where like North Korea always was like the big bad guy and like everything was like, what if North Korea invaded? And I'm like, yeah, but really though. (laughs)
2: And and
0: that's
1: my thing, and that's my thing on it, one, Mm -hmm. because it's like, the first one's kind of terrifying, because we were with conflict with the Russians for so long that that was a real possibility in a lot of people's heads. Mm -hmm. Me, for the past 10 years, whenever North Korea comes up, or somebody in North Korea says something bad about the US, I just kind of roll my eyes, because it's like the little Yelper in the corner trying to sound big, (laughs) and... The thing is, like, I get it. They're dangerous. They have weapons. They're unhinged. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's that. We signed a treaty with the South Koreans to help protect the border, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and we have troops in harm's way. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, th- there's definitely a threat. I completely understand that. But the fact that it's the North Koreans invading with the help of the Russians, because they mention in that that the Russians took the whole eastern seaboard while the North Koreans took, like, you know, the western with, like, a few, with, was it a few other countries?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: It's less, uh, it doesn't give me as much anxiety because it's the North Koreans. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, the, the, the North Koreans would never do this. So there's that, too. Okay.
0: Feels more like fantasy then. So yeah. Uh, so, what do you think of, so Ryan, one of the things Ryan had mentioned was that he just liked the dynamic of the relationship of the brothers in the remake more than the original. Uh, what did you guys, like knowing that that's what the dynamic is, does that in, in the, you know, in the remake where, you know, they have to learn to trust each other. Does that sound more interesting than this one to you guys? I just think it sounds different for the sake of being different
2: i mean i uh,
0: uh all right go ahead go ahead
2: uh, i mean just knowing the actors that are there like it, it's mm-hmm. chris hemsworth and josh peck like mm-hmm. i i i don't know if i could take that dynamic seriously because i just expect josh peck to be like hug my brother and, and like <laughs> um, especially 2012 chris hemsworth i th- i feel like if you were to remake this now with Action comedy star Chris Hemsworth, like leaning into his comedy chops a little bit more, making it a little, making his characters a little bit more lighthearted like he has been. I feel like mm. I might enjoy that a little bit more than I, than, than the remake. I'm going to probably watch it here this week on, uh, I guess it's on TBS, so I'll get, a, I'll get the censored version just like I'm in high school. Good. I
3: haven't, I haven't seen the remake in a long time, but um, I just oh, double checked. I, I was like, well, maybe. Josh Peck just really wanted an action film after he wasn't really involved in the Hunger Games action. But they came out the same year, Hunger Games and Red Dawn. So I'm oh, guessing weird. they, I think because of how delayed it was, he actually filmed this one before then. I I, I was watching, I was listening to Ryan a little bit on Facebook so I could get a sense of what he was saying. Um, cool. the, 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 they made Hemsworth a, a Marine, and I thought mm-hmm. that cheapened story a little bit i liked the idea of oh you know, yeah he's the older brother but you know he's just the jock that is working at the gas station you know he's n- none of them are none of them are, are are marines or or built for war or anything like that some of them had gone camping and hunting with their dad but none of them were like experts or anything and they had to learn over time you know, and they had to they had to trust each other and everything. I thought that was a better dynamic in the original. But um, to be fair, I, I could have been looking at the remake with jaded eyes, and and it's been a long time. I I think I I uh, should go back and try it out. I just felt like when when I think about it, I feel like the remake wanted to be um, like Olympus Has Fallen version of of uh of red dawn instead of what red dawn was which was this smaller story um that was that was very contained but i i also heard him talking about you know the difference between um russia and and north korea and yeah russia was kind of like they were the villains for a long time and and north korea has been the villains for a long time and i think it's just easy because and i think that speaks to part of the of the of the they did when they when they re they went back and changed it to um, North Korea is that North Korea is easy to hate like they are the villains you know <laughs> they are the modern villains we don't have much ties we don't have much contracts or or trade with them you know I mean if you got into some of America's current allies and the really nitty-gritty of it you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of A lot of nasty stuff behind the curtains, you know, but we have Mm -hmm. we have trade deals with China and we have things with Russia and everything. So, you know, you don't want to piss them off too much, but it's easy to be like North Korea. They're evil. Somehow they got this army. And uh, (laughs) when I was in South Korea, Uh I I mean, I definitely felt that vibe that it's very real for them. I mean, propaganda rained down from the skies when I was there. You know, they, they, you know, it was very real. We had uh, North Korean spies on our base. I rode in a car with one and then found out a month later that he was a spy. So it's, I mean, they are very, you know, on a map, they look very small. And they're always, you know, big talk and and small stick type thing. But uh, I mean, they are legit evil. And it's so it's easy to paint them as such. But yeah, I mean, they are. A You know, continent-sized Russia. So it's, you know, I can understand that it's kind of harder to take them seriously sometimes.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, like, for the people who live in South Korea, I definitely feel. Because mm-hmm. they are 100% under threat. Seoul is within, what, artillery distance of the uh, North Korea, South Korea, uh, um, is of uh, the no-man's-land area. So, I mean, I definitely get that South Korea is terrified about the whole, you know... About the whole situation. I just, the only, uh, what I'm talking about the whole, you know, you know, like looking at North Korea is like the small dog in the corner. I'm talking about the fact that we're so far away from them Mm -hmm. and that whenever they make the threats of like, oh, death to America, death to this, you know, and that. And it's like you guys can't even make a ballistic missile that goes more than like a few hundred <laughs> miles off your shore. I mean, and then of course talking with, you know, some people who are like really afraid over here of like North Korea. And I'm like, don't, you don't have to be afraid of North Korea living in the States. I mean, maybe a cyber attack by China and Russia and then they'll piggyback off of it. Yeah. But I mean, North Korean, you know, it's like the North Koreans launching a missile that's going to hit, you know, like the mid part of the, uh, um, is of the, the, the 48 that's, <laughs> the Mount St. Helens is going to blow again before that happens.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's interesting just that the new Red Dawn or the the remake off like opted to go for that because I think it's more. I think it's along the same lines as the original, where it's more of a sign of the times. Like you know, it's yeah. looking at the original Red Dawn from our eyes. You know, especially you know as '90s kids who are like, yeah, we never experienced any of the Cold War. It's interesting to see what it was like then in probably the same way that, you know, the remake is going to be interesting for other people to watch when they're like, oh, you were worried about North Korea back then. Interesting. You know, like knowing how that all turns out. They also they also use like a
3: EMP is like a big thing of how they break down our our defenses when they come into America. And, oh, and then yeah. the, the EMP yeah. trope, like if <laughs> that's used in like every big movie. <laughs> oh, my God, they got an EMP. They shut us all down.
2: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. there's
3: Yeah. yeah um, It
2: wouldn't be another thing about... if they didn't bring up EMPs. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I felt like yeah. they just took it from that.
3: Yeah um one other thing about about north korea i know this isn't the north korea podcast but when i was living over there um uh they had a beach submarine um, you know we always we you know our bases and, and our navy and everything always did things out there well they did too and they they had a beach submarine that beached south of no man's land and on korean south korean territory and we were dispatched and korean troops were dispatched before we got there the south koreans Killed everyone on the sub, so there's some people believe <laughs> that there's still like a civil war where there's families that are cut off between there. It's been, it's been so long f- from that. It's not necessarily the same thing. I think the South Koreans uh, are kind of afraid that if the border ever fell, that mm-hmm. their economy wouldn't be able to take care of the people that live up there. But, uh, yeah, there is no love loss. The, the townspeople killed everybody on that sub before the military could get there. So wow. that was a crazy incident for sure. Wow. Yeah,
1: because there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's I've heard uh, especially during was like four four years ago when the last time tensions between the us and north korea kind of hit like a high point Mm -hmm. um i remember listening to a lot of interviews from people that uh, mainly like history and cultural professors that worked in seoul or worked in the us and they would talk about you know the different things that they would notice and the whole thing about like the unification part um, mm-hmm. they made a comment that it was one of those things where it's like one of the things that North Korea constantly says, but nobody really takes them seriously on is like, we want peace if mm-hmm. the U.S. would leave and then we will peacefully talk to, you know, Seoul. And and then, of course, everybody that's on the South Korean side are like, uh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> We're not <laughs> going to, you know, it's like leave these people here defenseless. Right. So, yeah. It's just it's a
2: whole situation. <laughs> All right, so we're getting to the end of the conversation here. Any final thoughts or final things we want to bring up about Red Dawn before we end things?
3: Um, uh, as a kid growing up, um, I just I I loved the camaraderie. I love the characters in this. I thought uh, I thought it was really neat to see, um, you know, just uh, young the american kids put in a terrible situation they didn't uh and and then they painted it so bleakly you know even when they brought uh the girls in there wasn't this uh there wasn't this budding romance between the lead and the one of the girls you know like they were they were always at each other's necks and then um you know bringing in the 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 one air force guy um uh, which I did end up working on F15, so I always thought that was cool. The Eagle Driver, wow. uh, he was a, he was a neat dynamic, and I just I I loved. Understand it's a propaganda film, but God, it was done so well. It feels like like Captain America One, you know, like when they <laughs> wanted to show you the the beautiful country plains of America when the brothers are sitting in like the wheat field, you know, with the sun. <laughs> it's just it's just a gorgeous film and yeah you can you can break it down and be like all right it's, it's definitely propaganda but it felt it felt great to a young kid who was just like oh what mm-hmm. if what if the most horrible things would happen and would i be amongst the group and would i go up into the hills and would i avenge my parents and everything it was <laughs> it's a yeah. classic film that doesn't have a lot of uh of story and complication to it. You can just watch it and just kind of be engulfed by the very contained story. And, um, it's something that, you know, when I used to have cable TV, if it ever came on, I I watched it. I I couldn't not watch it. So,
1: yeah. I mean, to make it fair, I judge every military government film as propaganda and I put it on the scale. So there are ones and zeros, but everything
0: gets put on the propaganda scale. (laughs) Good. Devin, how about you? No, I mean I, you know, just to echo almost that same point. Like, part of the fun of this movie, watching it when you're in high school social studies class, is like, all right, which one of my friends would be the one that kills the traitor? It would probably be. <laughs> Alan. You'd be dead first. You, Alan, you'd be dead no, first, I, I don't probably you? Would be. You wouldn't even made yeah. it on the truck. <laughs> like that was part of the fun <laughs> Wait of this. for and me, like,
2: guys, you're right? <laughs> like,
0: that's what I loved about this movie. I, it's fun. I, I like car- it a lot.
2: I didn't have a car in high school, so I would be. I'd be taking the bus. <laughs>
3: Uh, not to mention the badass of the group is played by c thomas howell my last (laughs) name is howell so i would i would always say that would be me that would be me
2: Uh, so
3: yeah i love that
2: (laughs) brian how about you
1: my mind just went blank oh no um are we talking about who we would be? No. <laughs>
2: or, um, no, final thoughts. I
1: have yeah, got lost in the conversation. Final thoughts, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got lost in that conversation. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, I definitely liked it. It, it was uh, definitely a different take on the story that I thought that it was mainly going to be. Like, there were some mm-hmm. key differences. Um, I think all of the stuff that I like and he like are mm-hmm. different like there's key aspects that I enjoy better than he does, and vice versa. So, right. I mean, it, it's 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 uh it's good. I like it. If you like '80s war films, this is right up everybody's alley, as far as I'm concerned.
2: All right.
1: Especially if you like Russian tacky paratrooper outfits.
2: <laughs> yeah, for for me, this is a film very of its time. It's very enjoyable. It's very simple. It's a interesting take on, uh the eighties and war like the cold war in and of itself um mm-hmm. and get it like i'm fascinated by the whole world war three world that this establishes and i want to see more of this story um there were any like direct-to-video sequels to this were there
3: I don't think so. Okay. I mean, if, if you wanna call Rocky for like a like a spiritual sequel to okay. it, yes. I feel like, you know, okay. they you know Rocky went over to Russia to be like, We forgive you for Red Dawn yeah. and we can be friends <laughs> now. Just watch those two back to so back. If I can change, you can
2: change. You can, can change. All- yeah. Everybody can change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Josh, where can people find you on the internet?
3: Uh go to Nerf Herders Assemble. Uh we're on, on we're on Facebook. Uh we're on YouTube. That's the podcast. Um if you're into uh sci fi comics and books and fantasy books, um you can find me, uh fierceliterature.com. That's where I, I write. That's where I've met most of my nerd buddies is is through there or through cons and everything. And uh uh I love chatting about stuff. So yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on to chat about this.
2: No problem. We'll love to have you back again sometime because you you gave us a great list of films and we we had a hard time picking out one to talk about. So we'll definitely (laughs) welcome you back. Hopefully we won't have as many technical issues next time. Um, (laughs) For anyone watching, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitch if you're watching us there. If you're not, go ahead and head over to Twitch and follow us there. Uh, You can watch us weekly on our Facebook page and our Twitch channel. Uh, We also post these episodes on our YouTube channel. You can have, head over there and subscribe. We all you can also listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and make sure to follow us on Instagram to get the latest updates on our show streams, Devin's gaming streams, and Ryan's laptop issues. <laughs> um, uh-huh. but for <laughs> thanks, thanks again, Josh from Nerf Herders Assemble for joining mm-hmm. us to talk about Red Dawn. For You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan.
1: And
0: I'm Devin.
2: And I just remembered we didn't talk about what we're watching next week. Uh, Next week, it's Ryan's pick. Ryan, what are you having us watch?
1: Finally going to get Devin to watch a bunch of these blockbusters I can't believe he hasn't seen. So we're going to start off everything with Alien.
2: All right. So we're watching watching Ridley Scott's Alien next week. A film film Devin's never seen. Never seen it, so I cannot wait. Yeah, classic. Yep, all right, let's try this again. For you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan, I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week, Wolverines.